Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Good morning, everyone. And good morning, those who are watching on the 11.30, the folks in Bury St. Edmund, and those who are watching online, and those who maybe will look on during the week at some time. That guy's got from good stock, hasn't he? Telling you, these Ulster men. Uh, Fantastic. Great to be back in Cambridge again uh, to speak to you. Uh, This is our English home. We've got our family here, our uh, daughter, son-in-law, and grandchildren. And so when we're we're here not speaking, this is our home church, our English home church, uh, part of the international advisory team. Just fantastic to be connected with C3 and to become not just a visiting speaker, but a really good friend. Um, uh, When we come here, of course, we not only come and worship with you, but we go to the cinema a lot, actually. So it was Dr. Doolittle yesterday. (laughs) Nothing would do. So I, well, I saw part of it. The first 40 minutes where I I slept, seriously, absolutely (laughs) out for the count. Those recliner seats are deadly. (laughs) They are fantastic, though. So uh, it was great to take the kids uh, to that. I'm going to be speaking to you today on listening uh, to God through the Scriptures. Now you're doing, a, you're doing a series on the Holy Spirit, and I wanted to pick up a particular angle and, uh, in terms of how we hear God through the Bible. Uh, and it, it, It's kind of sparked by two things. Uh, I remember uh, not that long ago, I, I was speaking at a church and a man came running after me. I was going out and he said, Paul, could I talk to you for a minute? Sure. He said, listen, I've never, ever heard God speak to me. And I said, really? He said, he said no, I, I, I do not hear God. It's just one of those things. He said, can you help me? And I said, okay, there you go. And I gave him a Bible. If you want to hear God, on a regular daily basis, open up the scriptures. The primary way that God will speak to you is through his word. You can have a divine appointment on a daily basis with a divine mentor who will guide you, shape you, fill you, and change your life. Now, please, this is not, this is not, about, this is not simply about um, me trying to say something against hearing from the Holy Spirit, because actually I really believe in that. God speaks to us through the Spirit. But we always bring what we feel God is saying to the Word of God and not the other way around. Really important that we, we do that. The other, the other th- reason I'm doing it is because, uh, and this might shock you, but the latest research, the most, it's a few years ago, but the, the latest research by the British and Foreign Bible Society is that... Uh, of evangelical and charismatic Christians, 89% do not open their Bible from one Sunday to the next. Now, that's not, I don't want to make you feel bad, but I hope you do if you don't. <laughs> but given what, given what we think and what we say we believe about the Bible, it's a really shocking statistic, actually. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. And so if you want a daily appointment with God, then turn first to the Bible and allow your thoughts, your words, and your actions to shape and mold you. Beware rampant God-hearers who never open their Bible. 
Okay, let's read the Word of God together. Proverbs chapter 2. I'm going to just do two, two simple things. And uh, I'll have to just work my way through it. How to approach God's Word. And then why read the Bible. And then I'm going to give you a, maybe a little feel-safe reading Bible plan. I know that you, you're, you're involved in the, uh, the, the Nicky Gumbel through the Bible in a year. Really commend that to you. I, I do that on a regular basis as well. But let's read the Word of God together uh, uh, regarding how to approach God's Word. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2. My son, verse 1, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and you will find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, comes knowledge and understanding. Number one, how to approach God's Word. If you're on the U version app, you'll get a fuller uh, set of, uh, of um headlines, etc. Number one, accept my words. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so the way we approach the scripture uh, determines the way we hear it and the way it changes our lives. Uh, by implication, when you come to it, you say, Lord, whatever I hear, I will, be I will believe and I will obey. And how you preach it will ultimately, sorry, how you approach it will ultimately affect how you receive it. For most of us, it is not understanding; it is about obedience. And so, when you come to Scripture, you say, "Lord, whatever I read in this here, I will obey." It's not pick and mix counter at Willie's anymore. You open the Word of God and you say, "Lord, you know, I will, I will obey you." There's a synergy between the Holy Spirit and the Word of God because the Holy Spirit lifts the Word of God and makes it real to our hearts. Sometimes you can get stuck until you do obey. But the Word of God has a power all of its own. And so we come to it and we accept it. Number two, it simply says in verse one, store it up, know what it says, so that in each and every situation, you'll be able to know the heart of God. When Jesus is tempted by Satan, what does he do? He quotes scripture. He quotes three references from the book of Deuteronomy. And actually, I, you know, this is, this is Paul's speculation. I think those were the words that he was studying at that particular time. Those were things that he had stored up and he was meditating upon. Sometimes there's no direct verse about what you're thinking about in your life, but that's okay. But you're tuned into the Word of God. It's great to hear the Bible through others, but if you're going to mature as a Christian, all the research shows you that the biggest impact is when you take time personally. Whatever that looks like in your life, you take time personally to get a grip on the Word of God. We need to start reading the Word of God for ourselves. Number, number two, is verse, number three rather, in verse two, uh, and it says this, turning your ear to wisdom, applying your heart to understanding. Diligence. Don't give up too easily. You, you might say to me, Paul, well, it's all right for you. Honestly, I may have some gift in explaining the Bible, but I still have the same struggles as you at getting down to it. I still, have to, I still have to get up and, and stop. Oh, I'm not going to do this because I need to do this. Don't give up too easily. Keep digging until you find treasure. I always say this. Do it every day and you get a someday. Yeah. 
You say, well, do you not get wonderful revelation every day? No, I don't, actually. I don't. But actually, something about reading Scripture. There's, there's, there's something about it that, that actually begins to sink into your heart and your spirit. Let me give you an example. It's one of those things where the, where the Spirit and the Word in my experience came together. It was uh, 2008 at the time, and we had been uh, planning a large build, a building project in CFC in Belfast. And uh, I was going through the Bible in a, a year. And on that particular day, on a, on a particular day, I read 2 Chronicles chapter 28. And it was a story where David wanted to build a temple, but God wouldn't let him. God said, no, I'm not letting you do it because there's certain things in your life that disqualify you from doing that. I'm going to let your son do it. You can make the preparation, but you can't do this. And uh, what, what uh, I, I, didn't, I, I knew was that we had just received planning permission for our building and we were having a planning meeting on that particular day. So in my journal, I wrote down, isn't that interesting and a bit, a bit scary that God wouldn't let David build a temple. So when I went into the meeting, there was the architect, the civil engineer, the structural engineer, the quantity surveyor, all members of the church. And what had happened was I had to sign a contract that would give them permission to go ahead and do detailed planning. And uh, I, I sat there with that. It, it, it committed us immediately to a one and a quarter million pound spend for the fees of those particular guys. And we were all in pretty buoyant mood. And I said to our operations director, I said, Gareth, just go and phone the bank and tell them what I'm about to do. I just, you know, it was one of those wee things. I thought, I know it's okay, but I just want you to do that. He went out, five minutes later, comes back in. Uh, Paul, could you come out a second? And I phoned, uh, he said, Graham Canning wants to, you to phone him. He was the, the head of the, the loan committee of the Bank of Scotland. And uh, I phoned Graham up and said, well, is it Graham? He said, Paul, we're bankrupt. Some of you will remember that actually to this day, the Royal Bank of Scotland is, is largely owned by the, the government. He said, I couldn't, never mind give you five million, I couldn't give you 5,000. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Paul, don't sign that letter. Don't sign that letter. And I went in and I had to break the bad news. The Lord said, I've got something new for you to do. Your successors will do something, but, but do not sign that letter. And you know something? You go, wow, I'm so glad I read the scriptures that day. You do it every day. You get a someday. Diligent, don't give up. Don't give up. Now, verses three and four, uh, it's, it says, call out, cry aloud and search for treasure. There's your responsibility. So you get this incredible thing where, where God has given us the Word of God to speak to us, and the Holy Spirit light, lifts it off and applies it to our heart, but we have a responsibility. You have to read it. Now, if you, if you can't read, you know, there are other ways to do it. You can play whatever you play these days. I was going to say cassettes, you know, but that's a wee thing. For those of you, it's a little thing like this, and it goes like this, and you put a pencil in it and turn it round. Okay. <laughs> But you see, there's a treasure there, and you approach it with a prepared heart, and the same Holy Spirit who has spoken down the years will speak to you. You know, some, there's something incredible. I remember when I was a, a young Christian, I went to my father-in-law, and, and I said to him, Jimmy, I, look, I've just got something to the Bible, and I shared it with him. Now, he was fantastic. He said, that is amazing. Now, I didn't know that everybody, everybody knew that. Did you understand? But it was fresh revelation to me. 
And the Holy Spirit can do that and give it to you. For centuries, people heard and read the Scripture with their ears to nourish their souls throughout the day. Most, a lot of people could, for 1,500 years, people couldn't read. So they heard the Word of God spoken. That's why reading the Scriptures publicly was important. And they heard it with their ears, and they used it to feed them during the day. Today, sometimes we use it, through, we, we look at it through the eye and see it as a book to put in a shelf to study. And, and that's okay. So we've got, we've got, a, we've got to have our, our own responsibility, and you've got to do that. And then verse 5 tells us something about God's responsibility and His promise. When you do that, when you come with a prepared heart, and you open up your heart and you say, Lord, whatever I, whatever I see in here, it's going to be part of my life. And you keep at it. God has a responsibility. What's God's responsibility? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You know, God makes a promise to you that when you, on a regular basis, read his word with a prepared heart, God will speak to you. And something will change and happen. What is it? Then, you'll ha then you will find the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Now, when I, when I say those words, they mean different things to different people. But they aren't about knowledge in the conventional sense. But these two things are always linked with a relationship with God. You grow and you mature. We need to, we need to move from event-based Christianity to process-based Christianity. We need to build something. You know, I, you, you say, you know, I, I, when, the first time I read the Bible, it didn't change my life. Lives are not changed in a day. They're, they're changed by what you do daily. Yeah. And if you, if you on a regular basis, I don't want to be too prescriptive about how often or how much you read, but I believe it will affect your wife, your life rather, and your wife. And, uh, <laughs> and, your, and actually, honestly, your, your, your walk with God will be deficient if you neglect the Scriptures. How you express that in your way of learning it. It isn't about results, it's about growth. When Priscilla and I first got married, we decided that we would, on a Tuesday night, we would pray together for four hours. It lasted two weeks. Uh, she said that my prayers were short and superficial, and I said hers were long and boring. And I discovered that, that even how we learn and how we express our spirituality were very different. So I don't want to be too prescriptive to you, but I, but I think somewhere along the line you have to engage with Scripture. I said Priscilla's, Priscilla's prayers go like this. If she's here, she'd say, that's not right, but it is. Uh, they go, you know, the, I call them story prayers. Lord, I want to thank you that I, I met um, Carol at the school gates yesterday at Ten past three. Oh no! It, actually, it was it was actually quarter past three because I, my dad had called before I came out. It was just a little bit late because dad hasn't been too well. There's a new doctor and he doesn't really know me. He's a bit nervous. I, I'm going to take him tomorrow afternoon, you know. And I'm going, make her stop, please. Just stop this right now. So, so how you express these things, I, I, you know, they're, they're, we're, we're different people, okay? I mean, Priscilla is, a, is, is a, a poet. She writes poetry. She reads poetry. She reads people like, you know, St. John, uh, uh, or, or John the Dwarf, who lived on a pole, up a pole for 40 years, you know. And she reads me these things, and I go, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, so I'm not trying to be too prescriptive, but the one thing we do have in common, we've got an open Bible really important. Okay, why study the Bible? I've got 15 minutes to go through 10 things, okay? 
understanding what God's Word does for you. I'll, I'll, some of them I'll headline and some I'll, I'll explain. 2 Timothy 3.16, I talked about all Scripture is God-breathed and use, useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be what? Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yeah. Number one, and most importantly, you hear God's story. This isn't just about you getting a little thing for yourself. It's about understanding God's plan and God's story in Scripture. It's getting a big picture and and an informed biblical worldview. Don't think that you must have a dramatic personal revelation every time you read the Bible or that God is necessarily speaking to you about what's going on in your life at that moment. It's God's story. It shapes you. The more you read it, you get renewed. You, in a 30-second potted, potted history, uh, Genesis is about God creating a space where he could habitate, uh, habit, uh, 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 that word I'm looking for, and I can't remember, what? Inhabit uh, uh, the, uh, in the earth and have a relationship with, with man. And then, and then, of course, uh, you know the story that uh, Adam and Eve chose to eat of the fruit of the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, they decided to go their own way. We'll decide what's right and what's wrong. And that separated them from God. And then God's attempt through a nation of Israel, again, to build a relationship and live on earth. The temple, the tabernacle. And again, of course, they messed that up. And then, of course, the story is that God himself comes down and lives among men. Jesus Christ himself. And now every single person who knows Jesus Christ has the opportunity to, do, to actually communicate and have God within them every day. And eventually, Eden will be restored. The new heavens, the new earth, the, the new Jerusalem coming down to earth. What's it about? God creating a space where he can live and dwell upon men. You get that worldview. If you don't understand that, I'm going to recommend a book to you at the end that will really help you do that. So you hear God's story. Number two, it grounds you in truth and shapes your worldview. Again, it's subjective truth. It's the only trustworthy guide for life. There are two opposing worldviews. Jesus uh, talks about it in John. says, don't love the world or the things that are in the world. There's a world system. And when you begin to read God's word, something begins to settle in your soul. And, and you're protected from error when you know the word. You know, here's the reality. Most of us get our opinions from television, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. It, it's staggering how we, how we are influenced by that. But what, what if we spent... Uh, what if we spend a bit of time letting our worldview be shaped by Scripture? Jesus didn't say, follow me and change the culture. He said, fear not, I have overcome the world. So we need to be really careful about that. It grounds you in the truth and shapes your worldview. Number three, it brings salvation. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. God uses the word of God to bring light and life to people. Now, listen, we've got to be careful. We're, we're not, we don't want to impose a morality on, on our world. That's not what this is about. We're not telling people just to live better lives. But when they're exposed to the word of God, it reveals to them that actually they're separated from God and that they need a Savior. They need Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so 
the teacher is the Bible, and it brings us to God. One of our elders for many years uh, was a police inspector. He was in his late 30s, and he was having a, he was uh, playing golf in a competition. It happened to be one of our members. And of course, he didn't know who they did. They were just put in together, and they were, they were teeing off. He was a, a wild man, as we would say. And uh, he made a comment about a, a lady, a, 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 you know, a, a sexual comment. And the, the man out of our church said to him, you know something, the Bible says the eyes of a man are never satisfied. See, it's not the weirdest thing to say. But you know something? God, you, God it got right into his heart, and on the 17th fairway, he gave his life to Christ. Came to our church, got baptized, became an elder. Never underestimate the power of God, okay? Now, don't go around shouting verses at people, okay? <laughs> you know, that, that's, I, I don't mean that. That's not what I'm saying. Whenever I first got saved, I used to, my mom wasn't a Christian, I used to write little notes and put them under her pillow, like, be sure your sin will find you out. You know, re <laughs> really, she loved that. She really loved that, as you can imagine. She did. She did that, you know. But, but you know something, when you know the Word of God and you've got, actually, a timely word, sometimes you just share something with somebody. You don't need it. How you phrase it, you can do in, a, in an appropriate way. There's something really powerful about, about Scripture. Never, never underestimate that. Uh, no, number four, I'm not even sure the number of it, but it tunes your spirit. And again, it, it's, it's about, a, Scripture brings a constant pitch. And again, although you may not receive earth-shattering revelation every day, your listening ears, the ears of your spirit are being tuned. God is speaking, but so are other voices. Uh, number, number next one is the scriptures confirm the spirit's leading. Again, I, I talked to you a little bit about that. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. It objectively shows you what is, what, what is right. And I'll... I'll, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tease this one out because I think it's important that we, we, we get this here because, you know, the reality is in, uh, we do hear from the Holy Spirit on a daily basis apart, apart from Scripture, but there's a, there's a, there, there's a, there's a working together uh, of the Scriptures and the Spirit that are really important. I, I had a man out of our church who left his wife and uh, went to live with his secretary. And uh, I went around to see him. And uh, he said to me, well, uh, uh, we read together the Bible, we pray, and we've never felt closer to God. What do you think of that, Paul? And I said, what do I think about it? I said, I think that you're deceived because the life that you're living is not consistent with the Word of God. The Word of God regulates the Spirit's leading. They're never at odds with each other. Let's be careful. If you hear a voice telling you to steal 100 pounds out of your work, it's a voice and you need help, okay? It's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit is never at odds with the Word of God. Okay, let's be careful about that. Uh, it washes your inner man. Ephesians 4, 26 talks about washing by, cleansing by washing with water through the Word. Simply, sometimes you just, a lot of pollution. You need your spirit cleansed. And the Word of God washes you. It defeats the devil. Jesus uses the Scripture. Uh, he says, man shall not live by bread alone. It's your offensive weapon against his lies. He cannot stand against it. 
And that's what Jesus did. The, de the devil said this. Jesus says this. And of course, Revelation 12, uh, 12 and 11 says, They overcame him, that is the enemy, the devil, with the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony is this. When you say and declare what the word says about you, you overcome. And when I read Scripture, I choose to believe what it says about me as opposed to how I'm feeling and to what the devil might be saying to me at any one particular time. So when he tells me I'm worthless, I said, Jesus died for me. When he tells me I'm loved, I said, the Word of God tells me that I'm loved by God. You, you, you declare what God's Word says, not what your feelings say. And that's why we need to have an appreciation of Scripture. It brings faith. It brings faith. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of God. In other words, again, tied up with the last one, we can believe what God has said and totally rely on it. Assurance. When I sometimes... And it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't happen very often, but the odd time, the odd time I'm just about to get up and speak, and a little voice says to me, what if it's not true? What if, all the, what if we imagined all this? Did you, I don't know if you ever, ever had one of those moments and you go, what if it's not true? I go, I go back to Scripture again. I go back and I say, well, what, what does the Word of God say? My, uh, my grandfather often told the story of a one of his distant relatives, I'll have to say, because he's my distant relatives, who, who, who was, uh, we would say, had learning difficulties today. And uh, he always doubted his salvation. My grandfather would always turn him up to John 3.16 and say, his name was John also. And he said, put your name in there, John, for God so loved John, you know, and I, for God, that, that, he, that, that he gave, talking about God, that he gave his only begotten son, that, who, that if John would believe, and John would go away happy. And that John was one of those guys, unfortunately it's a lot of, long time ago, but this is, a, my grandfather, he swore it was true. He said that John was brought up believing in the bogeyman, you know, sort of, sort of ghostly figure, and he lived under the bed. And over the years, it, it transformed into the devil. And every night John would go to bed, he doubted his salvation. One, one night, he was plagued with doubts. He got up, turned on the light, turned up John 3.16, slid it under the bed, said, read that devil. <laughs> the devil has no answer to the Word of God. And the Word of God feeds you. Man shall not live by bread alone. Just as we need physical food, we need spiritual food. And in this one, it confirms God's love for us. St. Augustine said this, the whole Bible does nothing but tell of God's love. It is, so to say, full of it. This is the message that supports and explains other messages. The love of God is the answer to all the whys in the Bible, the why of creation, the why of the incarnation, the why of redemption. If the written word of God, the, uh, the written word of the Bible could be changed into a spoken word and become one single voice, this voice, more powerful than the roaring of the sea, would cry out, the Father loves you. Okay, I've got three minutes to do. I'm going to take them, all right? Um, I, I, let me... Um, there's a couple of photographs of books, actually. I want to recommend them to you. Could you, you find those? There's, there's two books. One is by Sandra Riker, and it's called The Epic of Eden. It, honestly, it, it, it's, it's, it's sort of 101 first-year university. But, I mean, let's be honest. Half this church is PhDs. <laughs> and 40% are, 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 are masters. And there's about 10% who only got a 2-1. Hard luck. Okay. But you should be able to master it. Okay. You should be okay. 
Uh, uh, can, you get, can you get it up there? There we go. The Epic of Eden. Yeah, Epic of Eden, understanding the Old Testament, and right, right through to the end. Honestly, it is a fabulous book. Get that book. And the next one is uh, a book sold, it sold, I think, nine, there you are, 900, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, A Practical Approach to Bible Study in an Easy to Understand Style, Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart. Absolutely fantastic. And in my two minutes left, here's what I'm going to talk to you. My Never Fail Bible Reading Plan. All right? First of all, number one, get a real Bible. Now you say, oh, you, you, oh Paul, you're ancient. Yeah, the, actually, research will, research will show you that, that there's something that changed cognitively when you've got, when you read it in paper. Now, of course, I, I use the Bible when I'm trying, you know, I take this with me, but I use it on the phone and my iPad as well. But in terms of when I sit down to read it, I read real, I read, I read paper, honestly. Get it, and make it your Bible. It's your Bible, okay? Find a place. Find a place. Maybe in the tube in the morning, you know, it might be, but I've got a chair. And actually, you know, I find when I walk towards that chair, actually, I'm halfway there because I know what this is for. Get a chair, get a place, find a place, and then guess what? Read the Bible. Honestly, you see, if you do that, you're, if you, honestly, if you do that, you'll be ahead of 90% of other people. Most people intend to do it, they never actually get around to it. And then maybe start with Mark's Gospel or start with John. Read it, read it slowly. I'm not, honestly, I don't care whether you do five minutes or 35 minutes, it doesn't really matter. You just get started and read slowly. And for me, make notes. I make notes. Just my, I've got sermons and commentaries that nobody will ever, well, I think when they die, they'll probably pull them out. And they'll say, that man was a genius or something like that. But Priscilla, Priscilla, I said to her one day, what are you doing with all this there? I'm throwing them out. I said, that. That's my precious thoughts there. She says, nobody wants to read that stuff, for goodness sake. But it's me, you know something? It's me. When you, there's something about making a note about something that actually connects with you in a new way. So, very simply, that's my last 30 seconds. I could talk a little bit more about it, obviously. Could I say to you, if you want to, you want to hear from God, do something. Read the Bible. Seriously, buy a Bible and get started. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.